Okay, so this is the Krolls. This is Justin, I'm Brianna. We've got Carson, Oliver, and Noah. And we were asked to talk a little bit about wonder. My first experience with wondering um, about Jesus and God was, um, you know, in my very early years. Um, we went to church and one time I did ask the pastor, you know, what, where do dinosaurs come from? Um, where do they fit in with the Bible? And unfortunately we weren't able to get any answers. Um, I, I couldn't get anything from him um, that really helped me understand God um, and where science fell into it. And I think that's at that point where I kind of fell out of um, my religion and my belief. Um, you know, we weren't, we didn't go to, to church all that often. So it just wasn't a big part of my life. And, you know, for so long I was able to find um, answers in science. And those science questions that I, I was able to get were answered. But I always felt that there was something more. There was um, something missing in my life. And um, when I met Justin, he, you know, went to church and, you know, we tried to find a church that fit for us, but we just never had a um, good feel for it. Never, it just never felt right. So another time that um, I was able to bring this question up was when I was having lunch with Kelly, Pastor Andrew's wife. Um, she was my boss and, you know, we had lunch together and I said, you know, I've been really struggling lately and, you know, kind of told her about my past experiences, about my questions, my wonderings, and she really helped provide me some some basic answers and she said come to church come and see what it's all about um, so we came to Greater Life Church we said you know this let's try it out I mean what are, what, what are we gonna lose um, so we came and we started going to Wednesday night services and on Wednesday night the first Wednesday night service was about Genesis and the science behind um, you know the Bible and at that point I was like this is God telling me that he is real here is how I'm going to bring it all together for you. And, you know, within those years that we've been here, um, you know, we've always had, you know, we've had questions, we've had wonderings, but we've always found answers um, in Christ um, here at Greater Life Church. I was asked to talk about the journey we've had so far here. I mean, it was kind of, we first started coming, I was like, it's gonna be like the last eight churches we went to, we'll go a few Sundays. She'll decide she doesn't like it and we won't go back. So I wasn't too enthusiastic about getting involved. We, I just felt like we'd be here three or four weeks and then we'd go back to what we were doing, trying to find another church. So we ended up being here three years um, and found the more we get involved, the better our relationship has been together because prior, prior to being in church regularly, our relationship struggled a lot. Um, probably got closer to divorce a few times. But now that we got, we're in the church more often. Um, Brianna volunteers with the kids, which she loves. Um, I usher, and then last summer we went to Honduras on a mission trip, which was my first time ever being out of the country, and her first mission trip ever, which was a turned out to be a great experience for us. And it leads a lot into our kids' lives. They see the involvement. We actually took Noah, our oldest son, went with us on a mission trip, and had a great time. Um, and so a time that we really wondered um, and saw the 
amazement of what God can do for us is um, during this missions trip or right before the missions trip, um, you know, taking three people on a missions trip is not the cheapest. Um, and so we just knew when it was announced that we had to go. Um, and we, there was no ifs, ands, or buts, we were gonna go. And so, it was it was hard to come up with that money you know we did what we could each month um each paycheck we got it in and at one point we were like okay we've got a deadline that we've got to go get to how are we going to do this you know how are we going to be able to um provide our portion and um pastor mike called us up one day and said you know there was a generous donor that has been able to um, provide some funding and would you guys be willing you know would would you like to accept some and we're like absolutely i mean this was an answer to our prayers um and this just really helped us solidify that you know god works miracles he he hears you he listens to you and there's nothing that he can't do. He's gonna to continue to amaze us every single day. Christmas. Come on, you know you want to say it more than that. Merry Christmas. That was better. Before I get into the Word today, I need to do something. Uh, Moises, uh, many of you know him, some of you don't. It's not important. But for those of you that do, today is his birthday. Today is his birthday. So Moises, I have something for you. Come on up. Here's a gift from me to you. This is Christmas and birthday. That's Christmas and birthday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're certainly thankful for him and his family and thankful that we're now talking about the greatest birthday in all of human history. Amen. Not Moises, I'm, I'm moving on to Jesus now. <laughs> I'm so excited to share with you this message. But before we get into it, I'd like to go backwards in order to move forwards. For those of you that weren't with us last week to lay the foundation of what was happening at this point in history and in people's lives. We have this gap where God was silent in the lives of his people, people that worshiped him. There had been no miracles or prophecies or, or even scripture that was being recorded. Nothing was happening for over 400 years. And as the testimony of Brianna 
came forward that she was looking for answers and felt like she found answers because when she went to the church, she was unable to find answers. And all too often, that is unfortunately the reality that people face. But those answers weren't everything. You know, God is not anti-science. He made it. And so we find ourselves here today on the heels of a testimony of an entire family changed to now where they're going overseas, literally sharing the gospel and finding gang members in Honduras giving their hearts to Christ. That's the radical plan that God had for them, and it's not over yet. Our series is called One Plan, and God has a plan for you. No matter your age, no matter your season of life, no matter your background, God has a plan. In this series, One Plan, we've discovered at least as we've talked about how we make our own plans. Maybe we plan an event or a party or we have in our mind, I'm going to have this job by this day and this much in my savings by, by that age. And we make these plans and we hope that nothing messes it up. But all too often, we find that outside influences and powers and circumstances mess up our plans. Well, Job recognized this when he was talking about God, that no one or nothing can thwart or change your plans, oh God. And that is exactly why we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ today. It's that before even time began, there was one plan set in motion. That was the plan of God. And no circumstance and no person and no power in heaven or in earth can mess up. God's plan. But for whatever reason, part of that plan was what we find the years of silence, the years of waiting. Devout people that worshiped God found themselves wondering what was next for 400 years. To give it a modern-day illustration that has the text message going on, and these three dots pop up. What are they typing? What are they saying? How are they reacting? What was the last thing that was said? And guys, you need to understand that the last thing that God said before, of the, before the silence happened was follow all of the rules or there will be a curse upon the land. Follow all of these rules or there will be a curse upon the land. So it's kind of like this. If I were to ask you to come up here onto the platform and jump as hard as you could to touch the roof, no one in here could do that. No one. It is too high, too challenging, too hard of a feat that anyone can do. But if I were to roll in a 30-foot lift and tell you to now come up here and get on this lift and go up there and touch the roof. Now, we all can touch the roof. 
It has become not, it has become possible. What was impossible has now become possible with the help of the lift. And you see, the last thing that God said is follow all the rules or a curse will be on the land. But to follow all the rules, guys, is impossible. And so what needed to happen? God needed to send help. God needed to send his son Jesus to make the impossible possible for all of those that would receive that gift of salvation and that help. So the first thing that God said after all of these years of waiting is very interesting because the end of last week's message is the beginning of this week's message. The first thing that God said is these three words. Don't be afraid. As you're waiting on the response in that text message and you just don't know what they're going to say, the words finally come through. Don't be afraid. And immediately, <sighs> things are going to be okay. This book, written by many authors over many, many years, yet under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has a message that goes throughout it from the beginning to the end, that man is lost and needs a savior, and his name is Jesus. It's amazing to me that we can read stories from thousands of years ago and continue to find new truth for us here today. The waiting is over, friends. We can stand on that message of don't be afraid and begin from the wonder of God's plan. I love this idea of the wonder. It comes from a passage later in Scripture that we'll talk about another time where Mary, after Jesus is born, is sitting there, and the Bible says she pondered these things in her heart. She sat in wonder at how good God was. Today's message is titled, The Wonder. Psalm chapter 8 says, Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have displayed your splendor above the heavens from the mouths of infants and nursing babies. You have established strength to do away with the enemy of the revengeful. Verse 3, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you think of him? And son of man that you are concerned about him, yet you have made him a little lower than God, and you crown him with glory and majesty. Verse, uh, Psalm 77, you are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. Psalm 78, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. You know, circling back to the idea of science and God, there's basically two schools of thought, but they have one thing in common. Think about it. God created it all or some type of chemical reaction of things that didn't exist just blew up and it happened. 
Either way, catch this, people are choosing to believe that everything that we know came from nothing. Either God made it all or something happened millions and billions of years ago in space that was non-existent. And yet we find ourselves even today, what we do a lot of times for the one who chooses not to accept God and to accept moral law and to accept the scriptures and to accept Jesus, what we find ourselves is pushing those questions down. Well, I'm not a scientist or I'm not a expert. Well, obviously not. And I'm not either. But I know the one who knows all the answers. And he is wonderful and his plan is wonderful and I can stand in wonder of his goodness the wonder of God's plan is incredibly important for us to understand today that there's these three characters we're going to learn that God spoke to he almost got away without me seeing him The wonder of God's plan. Pray with me before we get into the scriptures of these three characters. Lord Jesus, have your way. Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our lives. For those that may be in here today that do not have a relationship with you, God, today, stir them. Call them. Draw them in. To see that eternity lies in you. We don't have to be distant from you. You sent your son because you loved us where we are. And now let us accept that. In the name of Jesus, amen. These three characters that we're going to go through are very different and have come from very different walks of life. So to just dispel any idea that what we're talking about today doesn't apply to you, What God has done in his infinite wisdom and in this one plan is he has chosen the lowliest of people and those of extreme social regard, the higher ups and the lowliest, and given us this beautiful tapestry of his plan and how he works in people's lives. Number one, we're going to look at a man named Zechariah in Luke chapter 1. You are commissioned. The message to Zechariah is you are commissioned. After 400 years of silence, the one who heard the voice of the angel, and these words, don't be afraid, was the man who was working in the temple. You see, in those days, not everybody got to go to church. Most people had to stand outside the church. And there was only one person that was able to walk into the presence of God at a time, and that was the priest, the representative of the people. To give you an idea of what it might be like, 
I would be the one coming in here and you would have to stay in the great room with the cookies and the cocoa. And you would be out there hearing the beautiful music and knowing that this is an incredible place and the presence of God is happening and you have to stay out there because you're not holy enough to come in here. I'm compelled to believe that I'd probably be out there with you. None of us are holy enough to stand in the presence of God. You are commissioned. Zechariah chapter, uh, Luke chapter one, we see the story of Zechariah beginning in verse five. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of God's commandments and regulations. They were doing everything right by God. What's the result of that in their life? They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. We, I cannot overstate the importance of having children in this day and age. In the scriptures, if you had no heir, you had no future. You see, the concept for them is that if I did not have a son, if I did not have an heir, then not only is my life over when I die, but my entire family's life, legacy, is over. Now today, our families are intertwined, and we find Zachariah and Elizabeth who are old, and yet they did everything right. There was a book that was written not that long ago, Why Do Good Things Happen to Bad, Why do bad Things Happen to Good People? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do the good die young? We have all of these phrase that we use, phrases that we use. And yet in Scripture, we see what did they get for serving God faithfully for decades? Nothing. You see, there's something about God knowing the plan and us not having a full revelation of that plan. Because when we're in our spot, we don't see the plan ever happening. But when we're in God's spot and trusting him with the outcome, friends, it will always be good and always be a blessing. The hard part for us sometimes is waiting for it to happen. So we find Zechariah. You are commissioned. One day, Zechariah, verse 8 was serving the Lord in the temple for, the or, uh, for, the order, for his order was on duty that week, as was the custom of the priests. He was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. There it is. They were outside. He was in. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw them but the angel said don't be afraid Zechariah God has heard your prayer your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you are to name him John you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord 
He must never touch wine or alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God, and he will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of their fathers to children, to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah has now heard from the Lord the waiting in the silence is order, and the word from the Lord is you are commissioned. We see Zechariah is chosen by lot. It's basically drawing straws. That's the way they did it then. We see in the book of Acts, they even chose the replacement of Judas Iscariot by lot. But that was before the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost. Because they had no need for lots, no needs for guessing, no need for fate or chance. Now they could go directly to God himself in the Holy Spirit and ask what they were to do. You see, Zechariah was chosen by Lot, but he was commissioned by the Spirit to be there on that day. What did the angel say? Don't be afraid. I imagine Zechariah had fear that there would be no heir for his family, his ministry, his legacy dies with him. He had fear that there would be no one to care for Elizabeth if she was still alive. No one to carry on all of that he had worked for for many, many years. I also understand that Zechariah was shocked. There was an angel standing before him. On my car, I have a thing that screams at me if I get too close to other cars. So even when Kelly's not in the car with me, I have a warning system. <laughs> and it scares me. And I, oh, but it shocks me into, okay, I need to pay attention. I need to do better. I need to stop watching Netflix on the little phone holder thing as I'm driving down the road. I'm watching a documentary. Anyway, I don't do that. I don't do that. You see, an encounter with God sometimes needs to have that shock because that's what some of us need <laughs> some of us have been so used to resisting him that we need a wake up call and Zechariah was there and something so uncommon had happened the angel showed up and began to speak to him and said don't be afraid and the second thing the angel said is a miracle is happening a miracle is happening. I try to imagine what Zechariah must be thinking as the angel is saying, your wife, Elizabeth, is getting ready to be pregnant. We already read he's old. He's probably thinking two things. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be really hard. I probably need to do some stretching and get ready for this next season of my life because something's coming. A miracle is happening. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God that doesn't give us what we can handle? But he helps us handle what he gives us. I didn't write that one down. Somebody write that one down. I'm going to tweet that one later. But, it, but, it's, but it's true. That God will be with you every step of the way. And he says, Zechariah, a miracle is happening. Then he tells him, name him John. 
This is important because the word John, the name John means grace, gift of mercy of the Lord. This is an important thing. John, as the word says, is in the spirit and the power of Elijah, which was said to come before Jesus was coming. If you know anything about John, you know that he was an interesting character. His ministry was unlike anything that anyone had ever seen. He found himself in his adult life in the, minute, in the wilderness, calling out, repent. Dressing unlike other priests and other ministry leaders. Eating weird things, grasshoppers and honey and whatnot. It's all in the Bible. And yet John, as interesting, as unique as he was, had the most interesting and unique assignment in Scripture to pave the way for God himself upon the earth. Sometimes God may ask you to do something that doesn't make any sense. And sometimes the less sense it makes to you, the more God is in it. Luke chapter 1, 65, we see the end of that part of this story is Zechariah. John the Baptist is born. And here we have the wonder. All fell upon the whole neighborhood and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. The second character we find today is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Number two, you are chosen. You are chosen. First, let me say that Protestant and evangelical churches do the best they can to address this issue that unfortunately in Catholic circles has gone too far. Mary is no more deity than me and you. She is no more divine than me and you. She had, was born into sin just like the rest of humanity after the fall of man. Yet, God used Mary in a very unique, special, incredible way. We cannot pray to Mary. We should not pray to Mary. We go straight to Jesus. He is the mediator that takes us to the Father, to the Father not, not Mary. I need to address that because I need you to understand something. Doesn't matter how many Hail Marys you say, your sin is still there. She didn't die on the cross for you. Yet, I also don't want to go too far because I feel like sometimes this happens that we walk away saying, oh, Mary, she ain't special. Yeah, she's special. She's special the way you are special to be used of God in a very special way. I can't even begin to imagine the assignment before Mary. She was chosen. And God doesn't make mistakes. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. 
Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid. There's those words again, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God. And will and, uh, we'll give him, the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You are chosen. Starts again along the same line. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm finna tell you something that might scare you, but don't be afraid. Right? Don't be afraid. Followed by a miracle is happening. A miracle is happening. And finally, name him Jesus, the Son of God. For he needs to be holy. Why is it said that way? Why is that brought into this conversation? Why is the virgin birth so important? Because since the fall of man, there is a nature, there is a leaning, there is an impurity about humanity. There is a curse upon all humankind. If you're a parent, it doesn't take long to understand. You do not have to teach your child to be bad. It just happens. You have to teach your child how not to be bad. Amen? You with me? There is a leaning about humanity. And can I just dispel the argument of I was born that way? We were all born bent to sin. We all have to choose not to do it. Amen? It's not an excuse. Why did Jesus have to be born the way he was born? Miraculously through the Holy Spirit and a virgin birth. Because Jesus was to be the perfect sacrifice upon a cross. The wisest king who was, ever in, uh, who was known to ever live, the king of Israel named Solomon, writes in Ecclesiastes, Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who will continually do good and who never sins. Throughout Scripture, we know in Old Testament and New that we're bent towards evil and we needed a Savior. There was only one that could die for our sin, free from sin, completely, totally, whose DNA somehow was salvaged in a different way. God made man in Jesus Christ. It was the only cure for the human condition and it was supernatural. Mary was chosen. Can I tell you today, that I believe all of us in here can relate to one or all of these being commissioned or chosen. But if we've got any doubt on the first two, the third one is Joseph. 
You are commanded. You are commanded. In Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, we see this interaction that Joseph had with the angel. This is how, the, how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiance, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph was commanded to follow through with the marriage. Joseph was told that this really was an act of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph had to be brought aside in this dream, and in this dream from an angel, this message, he had to be told exactly what was going on. Joseph responded in obedience, as did Mary. And in verse 26, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Sometimes there's a soft, a still small voice that calls us. Sometimes there's a circumstance in our life that steers us toward the Almighty God. Sometimes it's a command that we cannot avoid and we cannot ignore anymore. Whatever the case may be, I believe there is no greater time than today to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. We have the pattern again established. Don't be afraid. A miracle is happening. And name him Jesus. I love how in both the story of Mary and the story of Joseph, name him Jesus because he's the son of God with Mary. Name him Jesus because he's going to save the world with Joseph. The name Jesus means savior. The Lord is salvation. Yahweh saves. I'm gonna have the worship team begin to make their way up here. Last week we did something that I thought gave us a, a marker mentally. 400 years of silence that we've already talked about in this message today. We're not waiting that long. 400 minutes, too long. But on the clock there is 400 seconds. The reason why that's up there is I'm gonna share with you an invitation. An invitation to respond, to come and receive the work from the Lord for your life. And I hope and pray that you will respond. We're gonna go back into worship and then we're gonna dismiss. But if you're here today, your life could change forever. Forever. Salvation is here today. There's a common thread in all of these encounters. The Holy Spirit 
The Holy Spirit is literally the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is God. It's not a power or a force or something that moves among us. But the Holy Spirit was there in the Christmas story before the birth of Jesus. In the most wonderful plan in all of human history, the Holy Spirit was moving. In the story of Zechariah, we see John the Baptist in the womb being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And the Bible tells us when Mary walked up, John was filled with the Holy Spirit. He leapt within the womb. In the story of Mary, we see the, the seed of the very birth of a Savior being made possible by the Holy Spirit. We see Joseph receiving a message affirming that this is something that the Holy Spirit did. The same Holy Spirit that was present in all of this plan. That was, set in th that was set in motion thousands of years ago was the Holy Spirit we find in Genesis when it says the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the faces of the deep. You see, the Holy Spirit is here today to create within you a new work. To bring you from spiritual death to life to transform you from the inside out, to empower you to live, to help you in your weakness, to fill you with gifts that come from God alone. There is no question that somehow, some way, you can experience God today. It's simply an invitation, and like every other invitation, you can simply say no or you can take the invitation and respond. It's my heart and it's my prayer that no one walks out of here without receiving a touch from the Lord. So what are we praying about? I'm gonna ask the prayer team to go ahead and move. You got 180 seconds to come and pray with these people. These are giants of faith and they will stand with you to believe for God to move on your behalf. Pastor Joaquin, would you come? Pastor Paul, would you also come? Here's the deal. What are we praying about? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, let's start there. Reality says if you were to die today and you're not sure that you're gonna go to heaven, then you need to come and make that right. And I'm gonna tell you, there's no better way and no better time than to do it right now. I'll pray on my own later. No, you won't. Now is the time for salvation. If you've been distant from God and trying to figure it out on your own, you're like Zachariah. Man, I've done everything right and God still has forgotten about me. He has not forgotten about you. You are here today. Come and receive an infilling, a refreshing that comes from the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here today and you need a, you need a healing touch in your body. Come on. If he can make Zachariah and Elizabeth experience the joys of pregnancy later in their years, that's a miracle. He could touch your body today. 
He can heal you today. Cancer dissolves in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you're like Joseph. I don't know. I got my doubts. He was commanded. Do what I've told you to do. And he obeyed. So I encourage you. Don't miss that opportunity. I'm also gonna say this. If you're here today, in just a moment, we're gonna stand and we're gonna worship. And if you're here today and you're sitting next to someone, whether you know them or not, there's power in community. And sometimes you just need somebody to walk with you. So I encourage you, get outside of your little comfort, your circle of comfort and say, hey, I'll walk with you if you'd like to go pray and come stand next to that person. Come on, hallelujah. The altars are open, come now. Lord Jesus, have your way, move in this house. May you fill us by the power of your Holy Spirit. May you change hearts and lives from the inside out. Right now, in Jesus' name, do what only you could do by the power of your Spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody stand. If you want to receive prayer, move forward right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your glory, God, is what I openings. Come up and be ready to pray with people. There's more people up here now to pray with you if you want to come forward. Come on. Come on and receive a touch from the Lord. Don't wait. Don't you dare miss it. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love where my heart becomes free and my shame is undying your breath your presence holy spirit the end. 
of Christmas is to give one another gifts and we loosely connect it with Jesus being the gift what do you do when someone gives you a gift how do you put your hands so if you want me to pray for you to receive something then how about you put your hands like you're getting ready to get a gift I do believe that God can do for everyone at the same moment what he, can, what he did for those apostles in the upper room, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Pastor, I'm not sure about all the details of that. Well, you don't have to be. The message is titled, The Wonder. <laughs> so just take a moment, close your eyes. Think, think of the goodness of the Lord. Allow the wonder of God's great plan to permeate your mind and your spirit right now. Hallelujah. How the God who created it all in his infinite power and wisdom did not give up on you and me even though he knew humanity would rebel against him, that there would be so much pain for his only son upon a cross because of sin and because of mistakes that, made, that were made by people. Even though he knew all of that, he made us anyway. <laughs> he created us anyway. The scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us because he is good. 
and he loves us. Not because we deserve it. And it's the same spirit. It is the same idea that he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit to live and to move and to have our being, as the scripture says, to help us when we can't, when we feel like we can't resist temptation on our own, the Holy Spirit is there to help us. When we can't believe for healing in our bodies, the Holy Spirit is there to help us. When we're all frustrated and depressed and we don't know what's the matter with our minds, the Holy Spirit is there to renew our minds. When our relationships break down and we don't know what we can do to fix it, the Holy Spirit is there to give us wisdom and comfort. When we're shocked with the news that someone we love has passed, the Holy Spirit is there to supernaturally wrap his arms around you. He is called the comforter in the scripture. So today, Lord, as the people in this room are holding their hands open, God, may you give the gift that's called the promise of the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit in fullness. May you baptize, wash over us right now in Jesus' name. We invite you, Holy Spirit, into this place. And I ask you right now that there would be witness set forth in the room, that within our hearts we would feel. And God, I know it's selfish to ask for an emotional feeling. I know you're bigger than that. But Lord, I know there's people in here that are doubting what you, what you want to do right now. And so God, I pray right now for the next few seconds that they would feel your presence in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, just think about that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then you just say that prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, fill me with your Spirit right now. I receive it as a gift from you. And I thank you so much in Jesus' name. As we worship, you worship. Come on, you worship like you just got filled with the Holy Ghost. That you just got filled with the presence of God. Come on, angel, let's go. You can have it all. Oh, my love. Oh, my love. Hallelujah. Oh, my love. You can have it all. Come on, sing a song in the spirit to him. Oh, my love. Oh, my love. You can have it all. Oh, my heart. Oh, my soul.
Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for all that you do for us and all that you've done for us to make this even possible for us to be in the presence of an almighty God. Thank you so much. Thank you for this time of year that gives us opportunity to take special moments and to consider you, your birth, this plan. We are in wonder in all of it. And now God, may you send us out as little evangelists all over our community to share with others that need to hear this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give God praise? Remain standing. Amen. So listen, on your way out, these were in your bulletins when you came in. If you've got it in your bulletin and that's all you need, that's great. But on your way out, I encourage you, grab one, grab two, grab some of these. On the front, it says Christmas service. This is talking about next week. And on the back, it talks about our Christmas Eve service, which is, of course, Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. I want to encourage you, during Christmas time, there are people that would never darken the doors of a church that will come to a Christmas service. And I can guarantee you, it is our prayer, but I can guarantee you here at Greater Life, we're going to do the best we can, not to just have some little candlelight thing that everybody can, can enjoy and go home. We're going to share the plan of salvation, and we're going to invite people to receive Jesus. Because why not? Why would we not? Amen? So, take this, take a couple, pray on it. Think about it. Who can you invite? Because... If you really wrap your head around this, this is the wonder of it all. That that little card to that person could be the very thing that saves them from an eternity in hell. That's how serious this is. So I'm praying for you. We're praying that God would use you and send you to the right people at the right time. Let's fill this house, not for greater life, but this is an extension of his house. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.